In this episode of the Church Photographers Podcast, we detail the art of the side hustle, how you can leverage your creative passion and talents to earn a little bread on the side, whether you want to pick up some new gear, give back to your church, or have some extra spending cash for a rainy day, we'll show you how to use the gear you already have to make that happen. But first, I'm Rob Lauder. I'm Connor Strickland. And, and this, this is, is the, the Church, church Photographers, Photographers Podcast. Producer Connor, welcome back to the studio. Glad to be here. How it's you doing? Time for a new. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited for uh, another one of these uh, extended recording sessions. I am. Uh, topic today, man. One of my passion topics, uh, the art of the side hustle. Yep. Uh, I got a side hustle. I have multiple side hustles. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do I. Uh, so, um, yeah. So I feel like this is a, a, a cool topic, um, mm-hmm. particularly in the church world, because whether you are full-time at a church or whether you are full-time in corporate America, um, the reason we get into photography in the first place is uh, because we have passion for it outside of our work typically. And so uh, if you're not a full-time photographer, uh, what we're here to tell you today is that there are ways that you can leverage, if if you want to, mm-hmm. your talents and your passion and your experience to earn a little extra cash and uh, to uh, really fuel your creative pursuits for sure. um, outside of the church space. So that's what we're going to talk about today, man. Um, man, first off, what in the world is a side hustle? Yeah, so a side hustle is a revenue-generating project that is outside of your day job. So this can be anything. So say you're a pastor during the day. You could pick up photography or videography or magic tricks or something like that as a side hustle outside of what you do during the day. You say that knowing that I once did that. I, I did. I could not <laughs> do that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening and playing along at home, I did indeed have a uh, side hustle as a magician for about a year and a half in college. Um, and there's, uh, there are photos on the internet. There are, you can, yeah, there are definitely photos that you're going to want to see. I'm going to, I'm going to dig up some, some videos at some point too, because back in the day I thought about it, I got video and it exists. Yep. But a side project or a side hustle is usually a passion project at first, um, or a hobby that you end up monetizing. So oftentimes you start doing something for fun, um, just for pure enjoyment and, and love for it. And then people start asking you to do it for them. And then they offer to pay you for that service that you're providing. Yeah. I mean, that was like literally my story is how I became a semi-professional magician. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I picked up a deck of cards. I'm like, Hey, I want to learn some, some magic tricks and, and be cool and impress all the ladies. Is it still one of your mini side hustles? Uh, it is not. Um, I've been asked uh, a few times to, to pull it back out, but I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm too far too out of practice. But we're not talking about magic side hustles today. Um, we're talking about specifically for you church photographers out there, how can you take um, the skill that you have, the talent that you have, the gear that you've already invested in, and turn that into a side project or a side hustle? Uh, so you could be working in a church. Uh, if you are working in the church, Lord knows you need the help. Um, you could be working a nine-to-five in the corporate world. Uh, either way, uh, we want to see uh, some ways that you can leverage that talent and passion uh, for uh, some monetary pursuits. So let's get into why start a side hustle yeah. in the first place because it's not just the cash. No. All right. Uh, and chances are you're not going to make bank <laughs> on a side hustle. Um, most side hustles start as a hobby something you love to do uh you're already doing it anyway mm-hmm. and for me like that's that's how i got into uh photography 
recently. You know, back in the day, I shot for my my college yearbook and my college newspaper. But um, yeah, I just I had kids. I wanted to get a DSLR and take you know the skill that I already had and have my own gear and capture those moments. And then it's like, hey, I'm kind of bored. I want to go. I got this camera. Let me go down to the lake and take mm-hmm. some photos of a sunset or something like that. And so it started out as that um, that uh, just outlet for creativity. I want to yeah. get out of the house. I want to get away from the computer for a while and do something with my hands and my you know out in nature. Um, but then, like I find that the um, work that I do in my side hustle now, uh, you know, we'll talk about how this developed. But the work that I do now fuels my creativity in my day job. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, I come to my day job and it's, it's, it's my job. And obviously I have some passion for it. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. But, um, yeah, there, there's kind of a, I'm in, I'm in the daily grind. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing day in and day out and maybe some new projects here and there and some new initiatives. But, uh, really where I find my creativity is not in the nine to five. It's what I do extracurricular outside of that nine to five. Like I'll, I'll develop a new interest or mm-hmm. you try something new from a creative standpoint. And then that turns around that fuels creativity on the job. And just this morning I uh, pulled our, our uh, digital content manager aside and said, Hey, look, I'm working on this project. Check out some of the things I'm working on outside of the church. Mm-hmm. And here's how we can use those inside the church. So that's an opportunity. If you are in the church world um, that you can use a side hustle to fuel some creativity um, but the catch is also nice too. Yes, so talk is. about some ways that um, that the, the investment that we make in a side hustle can also fuel some other areas from a monetary standpoint. Yeah, I think first off, m- making money from a side hustle can be used to invest back in new gear. So we hear all the time, oh, I wish I had better gear to shoot with, or I wish I had lights, I wish I had speed lights, I wish I had a different lens or different body or a full frame or whatever the, the, the reason may be. And I don't have the cash to get it. Exactly, exactly. Um, a side hustle is a great way to get that extra cash that you can then say, okay, I know it's going to cost me X amount of money to get the setup that I want. I need however many projects from my side hustle in order to pay for that. So now you're not tapping into your day job money that is going towards bills or a house, food, whatever your daily expenses are. You can now use your side hustle as a way to create more money that you can then set aside to then expound on on that hustle. Yeah, that's really how I went from hobbyist to Mm semi-pro with photo uh, a few years back. Um, Yeah, I was, I I took that hobby route. I was out taking photos of nature and plants and (laughs) did some, uh, did a few uh, free concert gigs and, and whatnot. And then uh, a guy that I play, that I play music with was like, Hey, I'd love to have some photos of me to share on Facebook. How much would you charge to do that? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Then I was also like, well, I don't really have the, I don't feel confident in my gear because I was shooting with like, you know, an older crop body and a kit lens. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for this much. And he's like, okay. So I was like, all right, I've got this much cash to work with. Let me just go out and buy a new lens and start there. And so uh, because I'm not relying on the side hustle to pay my bills mm-hmm. that's you know some disposable income i can then reinvest that and that's how i've developed you know a lot of my the, the gear that i have in my bag today yep is through that process what are some other things we can do with the, the revenue that we earn yeah speaking to a church photographer's network here you can give the money to your church you can use that as your tithe as your offering as your way of giving back to your church or other nonprofits or ministries that you support um, this is a great way once again this is disposable income that you have that you weren't 
expected or expecting to have on top of what your day job is. So this is a great way to use this money to give back. Yeah, indeed. Um, and so obviously like you, we're not expecting you to be like the most 100% philanthropic person. I'd say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm super spiritual and every dollar I get is going to go back to my church. Um, if, if that's you, great. Um, yeah. And some people have that heart. But uh, yeah, there's some other things that you can do uh, just personally to enrich your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what if you want to take a vacation, for example, yeah. or you want to uh, pay off some debt? Yeah. Uh, for me, my side hustle does three, fulfills three things from a monetary perspective mm-hmm. in our family. One, um, it's going straight toward debt. So I'm mm-hmm. paying off student loans so that I've, I can go plant a church. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we've got uh, a ways to go on that. But we know that it's imprudent to take student loan debt into a church plant. I feel like God's called us to that and it's something that I want to do down the road. And so my side hustle you know, helps us to pay that down. Mm a lot faster than we would if we were just relying on our, uh, our salary. Yeah. Um, then obviously funding new gear purchases. Mm-hmm. So like full transparency, I've invested 10 K in new gear in the past six months. Yeah. Just fueled by a side hustle. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not my personal budget coming out of this. It's like, I'll go work my tail off. I'll do a few gigs. I'll pick up a new body. I'll pick yep. up a new lens or something like that. And here you are now coming up to a shoot or rolling out of your car. You've got bags, you've got a rolling <laughs> yeah. bag, You've got gear, but like you said, all of that, people are like, oh my goodness, like, look at all this stuff that he brings. That is being funded solely off of your side projects. Indeed. It's not, yeah, so when, when you when you look at another photographer and it's like, oh, look at all that stuff they have, mm-hmm. um, that's how they got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they're, they're leveraging the, the, the existing resources yep. they already have and turning it into more resources. So they're mm-hmm. taking their resources and their time, putting that together, more resources, means and then you end up getting higher quality gear better yep. gigs and things like that yep um so that's i mean this is that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell it's yep. taking what you have now asking how can i leverage this to produce value mm-hmm. and then people compensate you in, in return for that value yep so yeah gear uh big thing uh I, I would say most of my side hustle uh revenue for the past year has gone into gear because I had specific objectives that I mm-hmm. wanted to hit like we wanted to produce courses for church photographers I wasn't going to do that with a single DSLR. Yeah. Um, and so we worked our tail off, uh, got some, some uh, two new bodies, new lens, uh, stabilizer, uh, slider, all that jazz. Yep. Um, light. Just <laughs> all, all, <lights>. Audio. <laughs> all of that off of, you know, just off of our side hustle. Yep. Um, but then also uh, my side hustle enables experiences uh, for me and my family. And we were just talking mm-hmm. about this before the show. Um, you know, sometimes I'll take a, a gig that will that will net me zero dollars, but it would be an experience for me and or my family. Yep. So last uh, last summer, uh, we were expecting our third child. My wife and I wanted to take a little kind of baby moon, um, and I found out that some of my favorite artists in the world, Nickel Creek, were going to be playing. They they haven't been touring in several years. Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing three shows in New York City, and so I found out about six months ahead of time. I'm like. I'm going to find a way to fund a trip to New York City. Yep. <laughs> um, and we did. And we, we, we funded the trip. We got to, I got to shoot the show two nights in a row. Wow. Um, and then, uh, you know, my wife and I get an escape for a few days to New York City. With yep. the, you know, kids stayed with Grammy and Peppa. Yep. Um, that, the side hustle enabled that to happen. Yep. Never would have happened if we had to rely on our uh, typical everyday salary budget. Um, every year we take two trips uh, to music festivals. 
and we're there because of the side work I do. Yep. Uh, as of the time we're recording this tomorrow, uh, I jump on a plane to Nashville. Yep. And we spend a week on the road with one of my favorite artists. Yep. Um, and so again, never would have that opportunity if it mm-hmm. weren't for the side hustle. Yep. And so like, like you sit there and you look into the lives of people who are doing these things. It's like, man, I wish I had the cash to do that. Or I wish I had the, uh, the means to do that. Um, you know, a lot of the times it's just like right place, right time for sure. Um, show up. Hey, how can I provide value? Putting yourself out there. Um, and the side hustle kind of fuels those experiences. So, um, it's attainable for yeah. you too, if that's something that you are interested in and want to do. Um, so let's talk about how to start a side hustle. Um, because we, we can talk about these things all day long and mm-hmm. talk about, Hey, this is, this is what we're doing, but we're, we're into the fray already. We've yeah. had some experience. We've taken that leap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started, uh, I graduated from college and it was, uh, 2009. So we're coming out of the recession, but mm-hmm. there's still no jobs. Yep. Uh, so I started freelancing, out of the, the gate, not for photo, but for marketing and, yep. and web design, you started you know the same kind of the same way. Yep. So, um, in terms of how to get started, uh, I think there's a couple of principles that we can lay out that will uh, help you take that you know kind of put a framework around mm-hmm. the first step. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like it's the hustle. Yep. Inside hustle, right? <laughs> like, yep. You've got skills, you've got talent, you've got time find people that need your skills, your talent and your time and then provide value for them in exchange for money. Like yep. That's the side hustle in a nutshell, but some sp- specific ways to dive into that. Um, first, uh, this is one I cannot emphasize enough. Discover your niche, mm-hmm. right? So you can't be all things to all people. What, what is a niche? A niche is the intersection of affinity, ability and opportunity. It is in other words, what you love, what you're good at, and then what people value enough to pay you to do that. Yeah, and I want to emphasize intersection, right? Yep. So if, if you have two of those things, you're going to have a <laughs> lopsided, and it's like uh, if you're missing one, you're not going to have a niche. You're not yep. going to have a, a means of producing a side hustle. So let's talk about affinity. It's like it's, affinity is, is what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you love people? Well, then maybe taking photos of kids or families or portraits or seniors, yep. um, you know, where you where you get that interaction yep. is going to be a, a route for you to explore. Um, you know, if if your family and your friends are already coming to you and saying, hey, can you take photos of mm-hmm. us? That might be the way to go. Yep. Don't love people so much. <laughs> um, like, you know, I, I do portraits, but I'm very uncomfortable doing portraits because yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to pose. How you. do you pull that you emotion feel uncomfortable. out of yeah. I feel uncomfortable. This is weird. <laughs> um, so if you don't love people so much, well, maybe like landscapes are the way you go. Mm-hmm. Um, live music, photojournalism, where you can be disconnected and be an observer. Yep. Um, yeah, for me, I, I love music, and that's why I shoot in the music industry um, yep. because it's like I, I would be here anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do this for free. It's cool that people pay me for it. <laughs> yep. Um, but it's, it's out of something that I already love, and so yep. that fuels that first part of the niche. Um, the second part is ability. And so that's, that's what you're good at. Um, if you're not good at something, probably not going to be your niche. No. And like, if you are, if you can't figure out for the life of you how to take photos in dark spaces, what I do is probably going to be unattainable for you. For sure. Um, if you can't figure out how to pose people, uh, portraiture might not be 
within your skill set at this time. You can yep. always learn those skills. Mm-hmm. You can develop those skills. Um, so don't feel like this is something that you can never grow in. Mm-hmm. But where, in terms of where you start, it's like you you, you want to kind of take into account your skill set as you go. Yep. Um, what are some other areas that you can think of where um, skill set and, and what you're good at contributes to specifically what, what you do with Dogwood Creative? Yeah, so I got started freelancing starting my side hustle when I was still in college. My freshman year of college, I got involved with a church, started producing content for them. And then within that, people within the congregation started reaching out to say, oh, hey, you're doing video, you're doing photo. Can you come help out here and there? And for that, for me, I knew that I could provide value through photo and video to people in the community that I was involved in at a rate that they could afford. My passion, my love was for storytelling, was for capturing emotion with a camera. So that was what I loved. And I knew that I was good at it. Um, When I got to a point where people were like, oh, you're the guy who created that piece of content, that photo, that video. So I focused from very first day in college, focusing on ministries and nonprofits. That was my way, like my niche to get started. I did what I loved which was telling stories, impactful stories, life-changing stories. I was good at doing it with video and photo. So that was my ability. And then they were willing to pay for me. Yeah. So that's where we're getting to opportunity. Yep. Um, opportunity is what people value enough to pay you to do. All right. You may be passionate about um, you taking photos of, I don't know, I'm blanking here, but Something Stars. completely obscure. Yeah. I yep. mean, you could be, you could love taking photos of, of astrophotography, yep. right? Um, but if there's no economic engine there, people yep. aren't willing to pay you for that thing, um, which they are, by the way. We'll talk about an example there mm-hmm. in, uh, in a few minutes. Um, but if, if, if what you're passionate about doesn't intersect, intersect with what people find valuable to them, yep. to where they're willing to make a purchase, then you're going to miss out. So opportunity is what people value enough to pay you to do and everybody's different and so you know f- uh, there are folks out there who would never pay for family photos but mm-hmm. there's folks out there who will pay uh, a lot of money to capture those moments because they want to make sure they find the right person yep. and they're going to capture their family and really represent who they are yeah so it, uh, the value is really a function not of of you and, and what you provide because you can provide excellent work that somebody else doesn't find value in that's yep. not your problem right yep. that's that's not a deficiency with you um, that's the the person who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. The next person you talk to might. I love it. Yep. And so you need to find that that intersection between what you love, what you're good at, and uh, what you are, um, what people value enough to pay you to do. Mm-hmm. And once you find that, that's, that's the, you like you kind of have a, a dartboard and you're all over the dartboard, and you kind of rein it into the bullseye. Yep. Um, because there might be a lot of things that you're posting on social. Instagram, Facebook, wherever, where people are loving it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. This is this is amazing. However, those comments and likes aren't going to translate over into money. Yeah, can't pay the rent with exposure bucks. Nope, exactly, exactly. Which as creators and creatives and photographers, we get a lot. People are like, oh, well, I can help you with exposure. I love this, I love that. However, they're not willing to actually give you the money or, or the value in return. Mm-hmm. So now we have talked about some different ways to get started, find your niche. Rob, what are a couple quick niche examples that we could kind of give these people to kind of really just start running with? Yeah. So for me, I am all in with the bluegrass and roots music scene. Yep. Right? And so uh, like the the specificity of that niche, um, it's not just music for me. Like uh, I, I, I could shoot just about any genre of music um, but I choose to, to to focus on bluegrass and roots because like I play 
bluegrass mandolin. Yep. <laughs> like I am a musician <laughs> myself. These are the people that I hang out with yep. on a regular basis. This is the world I know. And so if I already know this world, it's going to make it a lot easier for me to invest in that world mm-hmm. and also provide a really focused and concentrated value in that space. And so I shoot with bluegrass artists. I shoot with uh, festivals. Um, for me and my personality, like I think that having like all access pass behind the scenes, um, access is like the coolest thing in the world. Yep. It's like, for me, I feel like I'm, I'm just like, you know, a hot shot <laughs> when I'm <laughs> behind the scenes. And it's been like that since I shot, you know, sports and music for my college newspaper. Yep. I used to love just hanging out in the media lounge with the, with the players, uh, before and after the game. Um, and just having that access for me is like. Like other people don't get that. It makes me feel special. And so yep. that's a value to me. I'd like, I do it for free. Yeah. Like, and I do regularly. A lot of times. Yep. Do it for free. Um, just for the chance to like hang out with some of my musical heroes. Yep. Uh, and they'll like, you know, jam out after the show. Who else gets to do that? Yep. Um, and so that's that's my, the niche that I pursue. Um, and that's rich music. Does that mean that I'm not going to shoot anything else? Uh, absolutely not. Like, if, if, if I have an opportunity to shoot with some friends of mine and do a portrait shoot mm-hmm. or. Um, headshots for uh, an actor friend of mine that I did a, a while back or my wife is like hey we're gonna have a baby soon and I don't have any maternity photos I'm gonna go take some photos of my wife and yep. do, uh, like I'm a maternity photographer <laughs> now apparently um, but that means that the the majority of my time and the way that I position myself in the marketplace is going to be toward that one specific niche mm-hmm. to the point where um, if you are uh, listening to this uh, I probably have released my agency website bluegrassy.com I've been working on that for like two weeks now, yep. uh, just to like double down on that. Um, so that's my niche. Connor, what's your niche? Yeah, so we have really, at, and by we, you're talking about the, the company that I started, Dollar Creative, that came out of a side hustle. Um, really focused on one healthcare, providing patient stories, survivor stories, the good stories coming out of healthcare that are providing life-changing impacts. We just stumbled into that. It was at no point when I was freelancing or doing it as a side hustle where I was like, I am going to become the best content creator for the healthcare industry. I was talking to some friends the other day about how I always told people I was never smart enough in college to go into the healthcare field. And yet here I am now spending three or four days a week in a hospital. But this time I have a camera. No one's putting their life in my hands. However, I'm able to tell stories about their life through the camera. So we focus a lot on healthcare and then also personal brands. So whether that is um, salespeople, coaches, execs, creating content for them around their daily lives, whether that's through podcasting, through video, um, through some photos for their personal social media, that's kind of where we just kind of fell into. Yeah. And then like out of that, like it spawned another idea, which was like working with, with this project, yep. photographers, like, you know, you, uh, I approached you mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, I got an idea. And you're like, yeah, let's go for it. Yep. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, let's <laughs> gonna go for it. Um, <laughs> sucker. Gotcha. Um, but now like, I feel like we've developed skills just through this project oh, for and sure. that goes back into our side hustle, which then goes back into my main gig. And exactly. Well, it's I mean, like we, all connected. We were just talking literally 30 seconds before we hit record. I'm working on a podcasting gig in New York city next week. Not saying it's going to happen. However, from my side hustle, turned into a business, met Rob, started this other side hustle, coming into one of your side hustles, learned traits, fine-tuned my craft, and then potentially getting hired out to fly up to New York City to produce a podcast. All that came from a side hustle. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, I think the, the, the whole point is that like 
knowing what you love, knowing what you're good at, and, and then finding those opportunities. Because mm-hmm. there's opportunities everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, particularly in this day and age with the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that, that gig we came can, from an internet connection. We connected over Instagram. Yeah, we connected on uh, well, Facebook. Group, on, well, uh, we, we were on Facebook. Argue, arguing with you on Facebook. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you're like, hey, by the way, let's go argue in person. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do that. Um, that's, I think that's how I meet most people is arguing on Facebook. <laughs> um so those were, I think, some pretty like tame niches. Maybe yeah. like my bluegrass music is a little, you know, out there. But um, I would encourage you to find like the most specific yep. niche that you can find, um, as long as it represents you mm-hmm. and it, you have that intersection of affinity, ability, and opportunity. Yep. There's a, a member in our church photographer nation Facebook group. Uh, who's known for photographing rabbit shows. Yeah. Like, that's her thing. That's incredible. Like, that is a niche right there. Yep. Um, and uh, she she does it. There's the engine for it, and she loves to do it. And you just, it's like, it comes out in her content. Yeah. It's like, great. Like, that is your niche. You found it. Yep. Um, so, um, no niche is, is too out there. Mm-hmm. Uh if you have that, those intersections, like, you know, people joke on social media all the time about being, you know, social media is just a place for you, people to take pictures of their food and mm-hmm. what you're having for lunch. And no, oh, so, so dumb. What if you got really, really good at taking pictures of your food? Yep. Like I literally ended, landed a gig that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where I came in and did commercial photography for uh, a magazine that wanted to do five restaurants. Yeah. Um, it's like, all right, well, you know, uh, and the, they, the, the way they vetted me was like, hey, go go take pictures of your, of your food. Yeah. So it's a payway. I brought a camera. I staged my food, and I'm like taking pictures of my food, and the people at the table next to me were probably like, oh, look at that Instagram guy. Yep. Little do they know, you're making money while they're spending money. Indeed. Yep. So, yeah. So uh, niches can be as, uh, I think the tighter the better, as long as you have a viable yep. market there. I'm a firm believer um, of the quote that there is riches in niches. There you go. Yeah, is it reaches and niches or riches and niches? I've been pronouncing niche both ways. Good question. <laughs> Let uh, us know in the comments yeah, if below. You know, uh, <laughs> whether it's niche or niche, uh, and if it's not just preference and there's an objective answer, please uh, take us to school. Anyway, well, what if I don't know what my niche or niche is? Mm. Um, here's my advice. Get out and shoot. Yep. Like just, just go and create. see what you love, see what type of content you're producing, see what people's feedback is. Yep. And if you say, well, I don't know what to shoot, well, then that's part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. Like go out and like, so sometimes I'll just like go park my car in downtown Raleigh, walk around and take pictures of buildings Yep. or drive out to a lake and take pictures of pretty sunset or walk around a park with my camera and take mm-hmm. pictures of birds. Right. I mean, just Get out and hone your craft, and then you will discover what your niche is. Yep. Um, either it will manifest itself um, in what you gravitate towards, or you'll see it in what people respond emotionally to. And we'll talk about um, sharing images uh, here in just a minute and getting feedback. But if you, like if that's uh, if you don't know what your niche is, uh, I think many people don't, and many people who are in business now don't really fully understand their niche. Yep. Um, get out and discover it. Um, so that was step one in how to start a side hustle. I feel like that's a big, uh, big foundational piece to start with, but I want to encourage you if you're listening, if you don't know what your niche is, don't let that stop you from starting. Yep. Right. So the second step is just get out and shoot, Mm -hmm. right? Um, get out, start shooting. And then step three 
put your work online somewhere where people can find it. Yeah. Um, that could be Instagram. That could be Facebook, wherever. That could be a, a gallery. Um, publish prolifically on social media and do both polished work. So that's like the final, you know, this is what I re- feel really good that represents my skill set. And some like behind the scenes stuff. Put some unfinished stuff out there so people could see the process too. Um, that represents who you are because a lot of times people will will hire you not based on the end result but based on the process yep. and how you make them feel. Yep, so if they're sure. comfortable around you um, and they, they they can trust you and they, they think you th- that you know their space, that's going to speak a lot louder than mm-hmm. the finished product. For so sure. you might have a you know marginally less high quality finished product but the experience is better and people will go with that. So put your work out there. Um, Go listen to Gary Vee's podcast, man. Yep. He's like, he literally wrote the book "Crush It" Could, and yep. "Crushing It," so he is crushing it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, and he doesn't say anything new. No. And he tells you, like, even saying that he doesn't say anything new, if you listen to him, isn't something new because he says it every time he does yep. a keynote. Um, but he's like, you go out there, create a hundred pieces of content a day, put it on all all the platforms, and get your content out there. You're not going to oversaturate the internet, indeed. Um, so uh, do that. Um, while you're at it, network. And so as you, if you have an idea for what your niche is, find people who are in that space, both peers, potential clients, mm-hmm. people who can connect you to potential clients. Um, if you don't, just like, you know, as you go out and shoot, you'll meet people. And so that, if that's a fellow photographer, you know, I'll walk downtown and there'll be five people out taking photos, you know, an Instagram influencer and you know, some person who really likes bugs. Yep. You know, and you get to meet people and, and you network and you make connections. Um, and then once you start to put that work out there, um, that's when people start to approach you. Mm-hmm. And typically it's friends and family first, yep. right? So like for me, once I started shooting some portraits, that's when other people would say, oh, hey, I'd really like to have a portrait done mm-hmm. too. And they might not always come out and say, Rob, will you take my picture for me? And then they're kind of like Beat around the bush. Yep. They don't know that this is something that you're commercially interested in. Maybe they feel like they're imposing. But that's when you can then say, oh, hey, I'd love to do that. Let's set up a time to shoot. And they might ask, what are your rates? And that's a whole other thing we're going to talk about here in just a second. Um, but it will normally start with friends and family. They'll hire you more for your passion and your relationship with them than they will your skill. Yep. Um, but then the more prolific you are and the more content you create, um, that's when strangers start to get in, st- in touch through referrals and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so... Uh, you just had that experience. Uh, yeah, I've had that experience recently too, where I'm just like out there creating stuff. That <laughs> here's a crazy story. Um, this is probably about a month ago. Um, I get a a email to my church email address <laughs> that was forwarded from our project manager, that was forwarded from a general inquiry form on our church website, saying, "Hey, I want to get in touch with Rob Lauder because I want to take some pictures for me." Not even re- remotely related to church. This was per- this person's with like the local visitors bureau, and they were so like they for some reason they just wanted me to take. They went through your employer. Yeah, and so multiple I, people at your employer. Whereas they could have just googled my name <laughs> and yeah. found roblauder.com um, and hit contact. But they were <laughs> um, they were just like really interested in, in me working with them, um, and that's turned into a really lucrative gig. Yep. Um, just because I was out there and putting content out there. Yep. Um, and there's there's no better feeling than when you get that first non-friends or family person reach out to you. Oh, yeah. When there's that first person that you have no idea who they are, call you, email you, text you, you're like, oh, I've made it. 
simultaneously, I'm, there's no more terrifying feeling than when you get <laughs> that first email because like, oh, I've made it. Oh, wait, what do I do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if about. I mess up? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, from there, uh, I would start reaching out for bigger gigs. So yep. once you once you start to make a name for yourself and once you start to get that niche going on, that's when you can start reaching out to other people and say, hey, like I- I've done this. Is this something you'd be interested in? Like, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to feel salesy. Like, you don't need to feel like a used car salesman and mm-hmm. say, hey there, you know, and shoot a cold email and be like, hey there, I've done X, Y, and Z, and I think you should think I'm great. And here's why. And yep. Hire me. Because that's probably going to go not the way that you want it to. No. Um, I always have a super casual approach. I'll just be like, hey, like, I see, like and for me, it's, it's musicians. Mm-hmm. So I'll either reach out to publicity or their management. I saw you guys are coming in town. Uh, love XYZ about you. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I do. Do we have some opportunity to collaborate? Let me know. I'll send you a rate sheet. Yep. Some super laid back because you, you put the what? ball back in their court. Yeah. And like 90% of those opportunities are going to be no. Yeah. The one is going to be a yes. And it's going to be at the start of a relationship that I'm going to work with them 10 times yep. in the next two years. Um, and so and like, they invite you to go out on tour with them. Indeed. Um, or sometimes you have to like push away. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's like I've done work with a number of clients over the years. I'm really I'm about to relaunch my agency brand, and so I kind of, I'm kind of in that stage where I'm going from side hustle to slightly larger than side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm gonna just reach out to everybody I've worked with and say, hey, here's what I'm up to. Love to work with you sometime if you're in the area. If you want to follow me out, great. Um, and if not now. Maybe later. Yep. So you got to like not have a mindset of, oh, no, they're going to reject me. And if they do, they're rejecting me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just don't need the opportunity right now. Like it's it, we talked about opportunity being one of the three things that are in a niche. Um, if they're not ready to hire somebody, that's that's great. That no might be a yes six months from now. Yep. It, it routinely is a yes six months from now. Yep. Um, so I, uh, I have a portfolio that highlights... Uh, not only my best work, but then kind of like what sets me apart too. So um, really diving into that niche piece. Um, I've got a client services guide that I send to prospects in a PDF. I literally just made it in Google Slides and then I export it in PDF and it's got photos and it's got you know, some of the key areas um, that I am interested in. Uh, and so then I just send that out and uh, give that soft pitch and it, people get back to us. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they say that's that's great. Not right now. <laughs> people say, "Yeah, that's great. I'd love let's to do it." You. Yep. Um, so let's take a break, and then we are going to get into uh, just a couple of uh, revenue streams, and then some objections and some some warnings uh, too about side hustles. So we'll be right back after the break. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Um, we've been talking about side hustles. We've been talking about why to start a side hustle, how to start a side hustle, um, giving you really all the, the kind of the foundation. Uh, but then I think the looming thing, and this is a big part of why people don't get started, yep. is what in the world do I charge? How do I make money doing what I do? Because I, I know that I can go out with my camera and take pictures. That's great. Where do I find the people to that will pay me for that service? Yep. And when I do... Uh, and they ask me, well, how much do you charge? And I freeze up. What's my answer? Yep. So um, let's talk about some some revenue streams. Let's talk about how to set pricing and, and some guidelines there. Yeah, so when you start, you're probably going to want to charge for your time. So 
charging an hourly rate is going to be the simplest and most straightforward way that you can do this. A good kind of base to start would say $50 an hour is a minimum. Um, you're trading your time directly for money. A downside of this is that you might end up leaving some revenue on the table, not really knowing how long something's going to take. But in terms of straightforward, if someone comes to you and says, hey, what do you charge to do this? Charge $50 an hour for, for shooting and editing. That's a great way. You can give them a rough estimate or you could just bill them afterwards. Yeah. I mean, uh, I recently had a gig that was like, you know, we're going to pay, uh, we'll, we'll pay you your hourly rate for two hours of time on site. And then you just send us the images. And so I had to ask, you know, well, does that include editing time? Yep. Because uh, those, do you want just the raws or how do you want that? And it was uh, add a couple hours for editing. Yep. And so, uh, as long as you know what services you're providing and about how long they take, mm -hmm. this can go into a, a pretty straightforward pricing model. Uh, you can opt to do a project price and yeah. say, like, I'm going to estimate the number of hours, you know, add 20% because it's always going to take longer mm -hmm. than you expect, uh, plus time for client services. Yep. Um, and then say, here's the, the package rate. Um, if we go over X, you know, this rate. Yep. Um, the second thing, though, uh, so you said you might leave revenue on the table. I think there's a, a lot of uh, revenue streams that people don't think about mm -hmm. when it comes to photography um, that uh, will substantially increase your revenue um, from a single gig. And so if you're just trading time for dollars and you're going to say, I'm going to go out and shoot portraits, you're going to pay me for the time I'm there, the time I edit, and then boom, that's it. Um, your ability to earn income is capped, mm -hmm. right? Because you only have so many flexible hours in a day. Um and so you need to be thinking about ways to uh, produce revenue that doesn't take your time directly. One of those ways, particularly if you're in the portrait space, um, and so doing family portraits or kids' portraits, uh, senior portraits, et cetera, is to upsell prints. Um, at the end of the day, uh, when you go out and you, you do a photo shoot, you own the copyright to that work. So even if they paid you to do it, you are the copyright owner. You get to dictate what happens with those photographs. Uh, inexperienced photographers will say, here's a flash drive, here's your photos, go do whatever you want to with them. Um, if you care about how your work is presented, though, you generally generally don't want clients, one, editing your work. Mm -hmm. You'll want them adding like crazy filters and saying, hey, look at what this great photographer did. And it's like, you know, the, uh, the, that, like pink and orange Instagram yep. filter. It's like, no, I, I didn't do that. Yep. <laughs> you know, I need to distance myself from this project. Um, you don't want them going out and getting like low quality prints from like Walgreens or something like that. And so uh, as a, as a kind of a sidebar here, uh, I, I have a contract and client agreement that says this is what you can and can't do with images. Um, if you want prints, you got to get them from me. And because I have the, the print lab that I trust, I know that it will represent my work well. And I know you're going to get a good, good quality product. Yep. So, um, I charge a flat rate for a photo session, um, and then I'll sell prints and take a commission on those prints. And I do that with my my gallery software Pixie Set. You know, they can just open up the um, gallery and say, "I want this, this, and this, mm -hmm. this format, this material, etc." And order prints. I charge. I know what the base price is that it costs. Uh, I know how much I want to upsell, uh, you know, upcharge on that. And if it's a friends and family, and I don't feel like you know, making that extra revenue and I would just want to give them the best price, I can say, hey, I'll give you a, give you the prints at cost. Mm -hmm. And I can set, you know, the gallery to just be that, you know, I'm not charging a markup. So um, prints are one area where you can uh, increase revenue. Also licensing images, uh, either to the end client or to media outlets. So again, you own the copyright to your images. You can dictate where and when they're used. 
and you can charge for the use of those images ongoing or for a flat fee. And so like if you're going to use one of my images in a million dollar ad campaign, mm -hmm. even though it might have taken me like 15 minutes to set up and capture that image, that image has value, right? It's producing value for the people who are using it um, more than something just like, hey, I'm going to share this image on social media. And so uh, if you're photographing modeling or in the music industry, like images that are used for publicity are going to have more value than a social media post. Like, if, hey, if that's the image that gets somebody to book you over and over and over again mm -hmm. and you get 100 bookings this year yep. and you make a million dollars off of that image, I, as the photographer, had played a role in that. I provided value, and I should share in that revenue. Mm -hmm. um, merch, for example, if you're going to yep. use an image on an album cover, has a much higher value than it does just using on social media. And so um, you can have licensing agreements and say, hey, if you're going to use this image for X, Y, or Z, here's what I will charge for licensing. Um, sometimes I do commercial work where I'll include the licensing for editorial in my hourly rate. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I have a relationship with a client that I'll do commercial work for a set hourly fee. I know that they're going to get a license to everything that I use. I'm okay with that because they're charging me a higher hourly rate than I would normally mm -hmm. charge. Yep. So licensing is another area where you can earn revenue. Um, stock photos. Uh, I know uh, our friend Jeremy Poland yeah. uh, is uh, experimenting with stock photos. Basically, stock photos are where you put your, uh, you submit your images to a stock photo website. Um, people can license those images uh, to use them uh, in their stock photography. Um, they pay uh, the website a fee. Mm -hmm. The website takes a cut. You get a fee. And so that way um, you've captured the photo already. You're putting it out there, and it will produce royalties ongoing. Um, and then finally, uh, one other area. There, there are plenty others, but the one other one I want to touch on is fine art. Yep. So um, a lot of these are like, you know, if you're doing commercial photography or or uh, portraiture and things like that. What if I just love to go out and take pictures of the woods, right? There's a market for that. People will pay. Like we're sitting in a room right now where directly behind your head, Connor, are three photographs <laughs> hanging on a wall. Right? <laughs> People will pay for art. And so um, one time I went out and uh, I was uh, at a summer camp where I spent my, my youth years. Um, and I found like uh, a, an angle where I could see the Milky Way and everything. It was dark. It was at night looking over a lake. Spent half an hour uh, capturing a photo, edited it, put it online and said, hey, anybody who went to this camp, do you guys want this? Mm -hmm. Sold $1,500 of prints in two days yep. um, just for a half an hour of my work. And so that's where um, selling prints as fine art can also produce revenue. Um, let's talk about some objections, though. Yeah, because there are some objections where people are like, I don't know if I'm ready to start a side hustle. What are some of the ones that you've heard? A lot of objections that we come across or people say the biggest one is I don't have good gear. I don't have the right gear. I don't have the right lighting, etc. Another one is that I'm not a good photographer. I, I enjoy it. I, I, I know people make money in it. I just don't know if I am the one who is good enough to charge for this. These are two very common objections that we hear. However, both of them can be solved. The gear one we already spoke about earlier by side hustling, creating that second revenue stream. You can then take that money to reinvest in your gear. Like you just said, the amount of gear that you now have than you did before you were started freelancing is day and night difference. As well as I'm not a good photographer. The only way you're ever going to be better is if you get out and shoot. If you do it, oh, I'm, just, I'm not a great portrait photographer. Great, do more portraits. Yeah, I feel like... Um 
you can you can make the excuses and they may be valid excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not if you are a beginner photographer, you're not going to shoot a high profile celebrity. Yep. And ever be invited back. Right? <laughs> yep. um, you might do it once yep. <laughs> and never again. Um, so you need to start somewhere, but and that includes both gear and skill set, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you, you have all you have is a crop sensor body with a mm-hmm. kit lens, you can still produce some good images. It's yeah. gonna take more work. Yep. Um, but there are some, you know, hey, you find the uh, friends and family that just need a quick, you know, portrait session. They want to charge fifty bucks. You pay fifty bucks for it, and you can satisfy their need with yeah. the gear that you have. Um, I feel like as soon as you start to charge for what you do. Um, one, people value it more mm-hmm. because they're paying for it. Two, you are more invested in it. And yep. so it's like, okay, now now I have a responsibility to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel that gap more. You feel like, it's, and it shouldn't feel like I'm no good. I can't do it. Yeah. It should feel like I aspire to this. Yep. Let me take the steps to get there and let me practice my craft. For sure. And so, uh, and then when you have pricing conversations too, as you get better, it's like, you know, somebody's like, oh, you're going to charge me $200 an hour for taking photos. It's like, yeah, you know how many hours I've spent getting, getting to, to where I'm p- getting here? 100%. Um, so they're paying for that as well. So those are some objections. What else uh, can we cover here uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, wrapping up, let's talk about some warning of side hustles. It's, it's not going to be all roses and dandelions when you're starting a side business or a side hustle. So let's briefly jump into a couple of these. First one, Rob, what happens if your boss finds out? Yeah, so like I feel like this is a this could go under, under the objection category yeah. as well. Um, and it really depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. Like a best case scenario, your supervisor knows what you're doing and they encourage it because they see how it's going to fuel your passion, and your yep. creativity. That's where I'm at. Like I, I am f- fully transparent with everybody I work with, my mm-hmm. subordinates and my superiors. Yep. That like like I'm not going to hide it. I'm, not there. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this work. Yeah. And look how it's helping our organization too. Yep. And so. Um, that's the best case situation. I think if, if you're worried about it, you can have the conversation. It might just mm-hmm. be that you're you, you're making assumptions about yeah. what somebody else might think and feel. And if you just had the conversation, it'd be like, oh yeah, go do that. I don't care. Yep. Like I, I would encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, worst case scenario, you have the conversation. You're like, oh no, <laughs> no, 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 you can't do that. Um, and there are some workplaces and mm-hmm. some workplace cultures where that is a problem. So I would say very few of them would be for good reason. Yeah. Most of them will be out of fear from the supervisor's standpoint or the, the leader's standpoint um, of like, oh, if they go do that, it's going to take away from their time and attention that they can invest here in the yep. workplace, which uh, may be true in the short term. But I think the dividends that uh, that side hustles provide like Especially giving that creative outlet that right. they can just go get unstuck, get out of that rut. Yeah. Far more payoffs. Fulfillment. Like yep. you're not stressed about cash. Yep. Um, and so it's like, hey, if you're eyeing that other job, it's going to pay an extra 10 grand mm-hmm. a year. Or, hey, I can start a side hustle and, and make an extra 10 grand a year. Then you're going to be happier where you're at. Yep. Um, so if you are in that situation, I would, um, one, just kind of really take a long, hard look at the organization you're a part of mm-hmm. and wonder if that's a healthy culture. And two, uh, you know, maybe find some ways to compromise. Yep. Um, put your put your supervisor at ease. You know, let them know I, I'm only going to do this from the hours of 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, at the end of the day, they shouldn't be dictating what you do outside of the, one time anyway. Yep, agreed. Um, the exception there would be like if there's intellectual property concerns mm-hmm. or if you're using your work's gear to go out and right. <laughs> use as your side hobby, like right. Which most of the time, if you're in the church world, you're using your personal gear to anyway. <laughs> in the church space. So, 
Um, anyway, so that's one area. Um, also, one thing to watch out for is when you turn a, a hobby into a side hustle, it can be rewarding mm-hmm. um, to a point. It can yep. also lead to burnout. And for so, sure. like, yeah, I started photography as a hobby, as a creative outlet, and it began to turn into, like, and, and even when I was, uh, before I started charging regularly for what I do, um, it's like, I'm, I, th- I thought I was doing this to have fun, but this feels really a whole lot like work. Yep. And it's miserable. Um, I shot 70 shows uh, <laughs> in 2018, I think, hmm. and charged for maybe 10% of them. Yeah. Right. And so, that was like for me. It was like putting in my dues and kind of I get those ancillary benefits of uh, networking, meeting folks, hanging out with artists uh, that I respect. Um, but then it's just like, man, just I, like I don't. I go home and I like I don't even want to edit these photos now. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, ways to avoid this: if you are truly a side hustle, meaning mm-hmm. that you have a primary gig and you don't rely on your side hustle revenue for your day-to-day income, you've got the freedom to only take the projects you absolutely love. Um, Derek Sivers, uh, started CD baby, uh, wrote some books, mm-hmm. has some Ted talks interviewed on the Tim Ferriss show. Um, not a Christian by any means. Uh, but he has the, uh, we'll, we'll rebrand it. The heck yes or no principle. Yep. And it's, if it's not a <laughs> heck yes and you're super enthused about it, it's a no. Yeah. And that way it's not like, oh yeah, I guess I should do that. Yeah. And then uh, you're dreading it. You don't enjoy it when you're there. Right. You hate it even more when you leave. Though I'll tell you, one of my favorite projects was one of those. Really? Yep. Um, real short because we're like way over time. Um, I had uh, met an artist uh, at uh, a festival, um, and I, I was shooting the red carpet for the the festival. It's like one of the biggest events of bluegrass. Um, and he rolled up with like a cigar in his hand. He's like, like he's like cool old dude. Like, man, like Jerry Douglas looks super cool right now with that cigar. But I didn't have a chance to be like, yo, can I grab a porter? And so um, I posted that that image to social media. Their manager reaches out and says, "Hey, I saw the photo because obviously I tagged them too. Mm-hmm. Um, can we use that? Uh, send it uh, on our social media." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." So I sent it to him via email. I was like, "Hey, by the way, I also want to shoot with you guys sometime." <laughs> um, and so he's like, "Yeah, absolutely." And I, there's a show coming up a couple months down the road. Well, after that festival, I, it was like three days straight of shooting. And it was like shooting from noon till ten. And then because it's Bluegrass Festival, I was like on the jam floor from 10 to 3. And then go home and crash. <laughs> I walked 28 miles over those three days. Oh, my. Took like 15,000 photos. Um, I was burned out. And so two months later, I'm like, I'm still, I'm like, I'm reeling for this, <laughs> this gig. Um, and the the uh, like the day of that show was coming up and coming up and coming up. I'm like, I just, I just don't really want to drive an hour and go do that right now. Um, and so I was like, all right, I, I I guess I better at least email him to see if he's got a ticket. And if, he, if, if I got a ticket, I'll show up. So I email him hoping he's going to say, nope, too late. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I've got a ticket and, and a plus one. Come on. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to go. <laughs> so I post on Facebook. Uh, I got, hey, I'm shooting with uh, this band. Anybody got to want to tag along, carry some photo gear? Uh, Japanese buddy from from Japan, foreign exchange student, um, says, I'm in. Um, he's a big bluegrass fan. Um, and so, and he actually came to Raleigh specifically for that festival and to, to play bluegrass, not for aerospace engineering, which yeah. is for grad school <laughs> for, uh, for the bluegrass. And so he got to come with me and it turned out like, uh, and to, to kind of redeem the shoot, I'm like, Oh, like, I don't want to just go shoot and take live photos. You know, I haven't met these guys. Maybe I'll get some supporters of the band. Mm-hmm. 
expect again expecting them to say no because they say no. They have some bands are super closed off. Yeah, they're like yeah, just, uh, here's our tour manager to text her and she'll get you hooked up. So I shot some um, portraits before the show, and then uh, I asked uh, the the cigar guy. Uh, so I'm like, hey Jerry, when you're at IBMA, like you rolled up with a cigar, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. If you have a cigar tonight, we gotta go take some portraits. He's <laughs> like, yeah, we'll see what we can do. So after the show, I walk up, and after they, you know, they're done signing autographs, he's like, "So you want to have that cigar?" I'm like, "I mean, yeah." <laughs> so he's like, "All right, come on." And so we we go out to the tour bus. He, he invites me and my my starstruck Japanese friend <laughs> onto the tour bus while he gets the cigar. I pull out my flash. We set it up. Get like some of the most incredible portraits <laughs> I've ever shot, and it all started out with a uh, accepting a job you didn't want to do. Yeah. Wow. So sometimes. You just got to push through it. Yep. But uh, the, uh, it's also like that's an example of where you get to burn out. Right? Yep. So that happened to work out in my favor. They don't always work out that way. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes um, you just got to like be aware of yeah. that. Um, for me, um, I built and ran an agency before I started working at Summit. Um, but then like I got so sick of agency management, I just went back to freelancing. Yep. And so, like, the, that's a perfectly valid uh, model. You're currently in the agency mode. Yep. So, like, you're, you're bred. And now that you've got employees, too, your bread is life. Yeah. So, you've got to take uh, projects, whether you like them or not. And that was one way that we prevented burnout was we thought we were trying to do everything. We were trying to do production, advertising, graphic design, web design, everything. Because, like you said, it, it was now three of our full-time income. We need money. But what we found out was that we were getting burned out by doing these jobs that didn't align with our passion, that weren't pointing towards our quote unquote North Star. Um, So we are blessed enough to be in a position now where we can say no to certain projects and say yes to the ones that we really want to work on, which has now increased our productivity, our fulfillment, our happiness in doing the work, because not only now are we still making money, but we're also doing work that we actually genuinely enjoy doing. Yep, and it's like doubly, triply, quadruply important yep. in the side hustle world. Uh, so you mentioned align projects to passion. That's another way to avoid burnout. Um, take breaks when you want to. Yes. Like, don't feel like you, you're on the grind and you have to do it. Um, because again, if you are truly a side hustle, like you can take, you can walk away from it yep. anytime you want to, and that's uh, that's liberating. Um, and then don't get caught up in growth. Like if you want mm. to build a business and you're ready for that, um, both like, and it's not just you, but your family, if you have one, um, and you're, you want to like, like say, yeah, I want to be a business owner, be fully independent. Um, and you know what you're getting into, yep. uh, key, <laughs> key, uh, uh, word phrase there, know what you're getting into, yes. then rock it. Um, but you don't have to treat your side hustle like your mega corporation. Mm, true. Like, let it be a side hustle. Yep. Oh man, I forget the, the, the book. There's a book all about this. Uh, I think it might be by Chris Gilbo, but it's all about like starting a business and just staying small mm. and not growing. Yeah. Because you can do it and you can make a good living. Yes, you can. Um, and then finally, um, here's the the final and biggest, 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 biggest warning I can give you. Yep. If you are considering a side hustle, maybe we should have put this at the front of the show yep. because at this point we're like, what, an hour in and people have tuned out. Uh, if you made it this far, <laughs> this <laughs> Listen. is the, the most valuable part of the show. Yep. Um, and then go and tweet about it and tell everybody else that has not gotten this far that they need to go back. And that's finances. Yes. If you are going to go the self-employment route and side hustle is self-employment, make sure you understand the laws and, and, and uh, uh, policies 
that come around with finances, taxes, and self-employment. First, you got yep. like business structure, yep. sole prop, LLC. Um, I, I know what I am. You know what you are. Yep. I'm not even going to say what I am because I don't want to even give a inkling that I'm a lawyer and know what I'm talking about. Yep. So if you are going to go this route, get a CPA. Yep. Uh, check with a CPA. Um, Texas. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, working uh, either for yourself or as a contractor for another business, yep. um, like when I go to my, my nine to five, I get a paycheck. I don't need to worry about that. No, because taxes is already handled. Um, if I go work for, for somebody else and they write me a check and it says $1,000, I know that you know, at least a quarter of that yep. has to be set aside. Yep. to go to Uncle Sam at yep. some point. Um, fortunately, uh, and again, I'm not a CPA. This is an advice. Um, but for the way our finances work out as a side hustle, um, I do enough, you know, my, my full-time salary, um, I have like the, the way that my, you know, a lot of people get a tax return at mm-hmm. the end of the year, right? You're not going to get that if you're for some <laughs> No, you definitely so you're won't. Get you're a, paying you're every bill, year. Yep. Uh, at the end of the year. But for me, the, the bill that comes along with my side hustle taxes is offset by the return mm-hmm. that we get. And we, we normally have a, a pretty much a wash. Yeah. Um, but that's not guaranteed that it's all dependent on how much you're making in the different areas. Yep. And so don't even, don't even play here. Um, get a CPA to help you with that. And so that's another cost to, yep. to uh, consider, but most CPAs uh, will work with you, particularly if you're just like a micro business. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that goes into the finances laws, regulatory around self-employment. You will get in trouble. Yeah. If you don't follow those. Yes, you will. And so you darn well better <laughs> go and follow yep. those. Uh, that's the, I think that's the biggest warning we'd give you there. Um, man, that was the, that was a lot on side hustles. We just um, explained people how to start a business in just under an hour. Indeed. Uh, if you want more on this. So one of the, uh, one of the courses that I've got on my list of potential courses for church photographers is like side hustle school. Um, if you want an entire course on this, including forms, including processes, not just ideas, um, write to us and let us know. Uh, because we we go by your feedback on what we're going to produce. And so um, if you want a full course on this, we will, we will produce one and we'll make it uh, available to you. Um, anyway, next steps. Where can we go from here, Connor? Yeah, so to continue getting encouragement from your peers, to ask questions about a side hustle, about photography in general, check us out, Church Photographer Nation, on Facebook. This is a fast-growing group of church photographers, just general photographers, um, and it is incredible to see what some of these people are doing. I'm getting inspiration from some of these members of things that I didn't even know you could do with a camera. Yeah, not only that, a lot of them have side hustles. Yes, they right? do. Uh, so, and so... Uh, if you want to ask questions about this topic, jump over. Again, Church Photographer Nation on Facebook. Uh, if you want to shortcut, churchphotographers.com slash nation. We'll get you there. The last thing I want to do before we wrap up this already incredibly long podcast is give a shout out to Rachel Elizabeth 85 on iTunes. Uh, she recently wrote us a five-star review. Uh, headline is needed, exclamation point, <laughs> all caps. Um, and I just want to read this review to you. It says, I needed this podcast. The information is so helpful, and they suggested ideas that I cannot wait to implement. Also, their style is to the point. Not a ton of silly chatting, which is great. This uh, this episode was obviously an exception there. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. Um, this podcast gives me lots of inspiration and honors my time by not junking up the airways. 
Love it. Keep up the good work, guys. You are so appreciated. Wow. Um, I always love to feel appreciated, and I love to hear those words of affirmation. So if y'all have listened to this podcast and something rung out to you and you're like, I can go do something with this, hit iTunes, hit Spotify, wherever you leave a review. Hit five stars. Uh, steal a friend's phone. Do the same thing. And then also, uh, if you go and actually leave a written review, it's uh, it's so encouraging to us. So would encourage you to do that. But until then, uh, we'll be back uh, next week with a new topic. I'm Rob. I'm Connor. This and was this the Church Photographer's Podcast. podcast. <laughs>